Hey guys, welcome back to my channel. So I have a special guest on today's video. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Kevin. Nice to meet you guys. Kevin is one of my really, really good friends. And funnily oh. enough, we used to have a podcast together called The Thought Spot. Oh, gee. And now that's just the name of my channel. Mm. And we talked a lot about social commentary on our podcast. But that was before we were both diagnosed. And that was. What a time. What a time to be alive. Holy shit. Oh I God. mean,. I feel like Kevin's strong enough to take the truth sometimes, but I was I was carrying that podcast she was, on my she back. She was, she was. We couldn't do it anymore. I felt bad because I don't drive and she was taking us to and fro and I was like, yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah. so I had to literally drive to his house, pick him up, drive him to my place, mm -hmm. and then we would record and we both have ADHD, so we would literally get so sidetracked with like talking about all these different conversations. Would we get sidetracked? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't even remember that. I'm so sorry. And like, I, I did edit a couple videos. I did, I did. But yeah. It was, it, but it was mostly homegirl. You edited like two, two videos. Two or three. Out of like 10 episodes. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. But anyways, yeah. can you But I did the writing though, the writing in the paragraph stuff. Oh yeah, yeah you did. You I wrote did. like the summaries See? of the episodes. Like, oh yeah, you did. Oh yeah. You did something, yeah. Okay, so my viewers are very into zodiac signs and personality tests, things like that. They're very familiar with it. So can you introduce, for example, your big three for zodiac signs, your Myers-Briggs personality type, and also your Enneagram personality type? Hell yeah. Okay, so um, Enneagram type four. I'm a like four to, to the, the T. To the core, to the T. Like when I read that shit, I was like, I am being attacked right now. <laughs> I am being like dragged. And um, my MBTI is ESFP, which also really describes me to a T. Mm -hmm. I, I feel that heavily. And my big three is Pisces Sun, Capricorn Moon, and Sagittarius Rising, which I also completely identify with mm, all of them i identify with mm -hmm. yeah it's it's funny because we did an episode way back when we did have a podcast together where we went over our birth charts and at the time i remember you didn't really resonate with your capricorn moon which i feel like since the pandemic you got really familiar with your capricorn moon would you say i feel like yeah i feel like just because there was a lot of things I don't know, going out of whack in my Depression? life. Depression? <laughs> 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 Died mental illness. Basically, and because I had ADHD, so I didn't feel like I related to the part of Capricorn Moons that said, oh, like, they're super hardworking, da 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 da, -da mm -hmm. but I, I realized it was because I was really going through, like, depression and not knowing how to manage ADHD, and I'm mm. still really you know navigating that in my own way and um it's still hard for me you know just because we're on this video doesn't mean that we have all the answers and stuff so we're still people figuring it out taking it one day at a time that's something yeah. i wanted to get into as well throughout the podcast is our journeys with our neurodivergency because when we first met we both weren't diagnosed yet mm -hmm. and we were friends and got to know each other outside of knowing what neurodivergent labels we had yeah and then it's funny because we were both we both like separately discovered our neurodivergencies and got mm -hmm. diagnosed and it's like when we there was like one day i felt like we got back together 
and hung out and you were like, oh, I'm, I have ADHD. And I was like, oh my God, I got diagnosed too. Wait, was that the, that was the time we hung out with Kaina, right? That was like the first time you saw, that was like the beginning of 2021. I don't remember. Wow. Yeah, we'll get into that. We will. But um, I wrote down what I want to talk about because I know your talking style and this is just very common for people with ADHD in general. We don't talk in a linear story. We like to branch off. Yes. The way I like to think of it and visualize it yeah. is people with ADHD talk in a circle. So we like to sometimes hit multiple points around the circle mm -hmm. and we don't finish any of these stories in particular mm -hmm. or like connect it. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes I have to make sure to like go into a linear storytelling line so mm -hmm. that we're not having the viewers get lost in the sauce basically. But it's so hard though because I just want to talk about everything and every detail matters. You know me. Yeah. Every detail matters. I do know you and so I feel like I've gotten used to being able to rein you in. I feel like I could tell when you're about to start a story that just is going to go into a whole nother can of worms and I will stop you and make you finish or connect your thought to what you started off with mm. before you move on. Mm, you have and a strategy. So it's called trauma because <laughs> when I used it's to trauma. when I used to edit our podcast I used to have to cut them up into different pieces and put them in chronological order. Oh my god I'm so, so that sorry it made I sense. You. I'm so I'm so sorry I did that. <laughs> So she I, knew what it was when she signed up, okay? Now I'm trying to avoid that and make sure it's as smooth as possible. But also, okay. like, I'm empathetic towards the audience, making sure that you guys... Because sometimes it's easy for us to follow each our train of thoughts. Right. But imagine, like, from other people's perspectives. Yeah. They're, like, they don't know who we are or our, our dynamics. So yeah, gotta, like, try to make it as understandable as possible. They know us now. Okay, so let's talk about how we met. Do you remember how we met? Caitlin introduced us, right? No. Oh, no? Okay, can I keep guessing? Yeah. Okay, we met at Phil's? No. Really? <laughs> I feel like, no, somebody introduced us. Our friend introduced us together. No. It was somebody. No. No? What do you mean? <laughs> I don't know what the well. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Can I curse? Can I curse? Is yeah, that okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, my, I don't know how the fuck we met then. This happens a lot, and I'm wondering if any of my autistic viewers can relate to this. But I feel like we have really, really good memories. So I find myself in this situation a lot when there's someone else involved, where I'll remember how something is in extreme detail, but the other person doesn't remember. Well, no, I remember some things in extreme detail too, but- and, and other But not people. our friendship. <laughs> I guess you're just not memorable enough, Irene, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I guess you just didn't stick in the noggin. <laughs> but I'm, I'm playing. Um, I actually, I don't. I, from what I remember, I felt like Caitlyn introduced us. Well, Caitlyn is the one who first told me about you too. Mm -hmm. Same. Yeah, but then, I guess I don't fucking remember how we met. Wait, so can I say it now? Yes. I okay. Say. So the way we met was I had a friend from one of my previous jobs. It was a waitressing job. And at this job, there was like, I had no friends. There was like a group of girls that worked there that did not like me for whatever reason. Because she's a threat. <laughs> I feel like. It sounds stupid to say it out loud, but I think a lot of it has to do with being autistic. And I know it sounds fucked up as well, 
But a lot of the times when I'm in these environments, I don't know how to mirror people back the way they're used to having their personalities mirrored back. And I think a lot of the times when you're put in situations with groups of girls, like cliques of women, they don't feel comfortable with people like me. And there's like a certain dynamic where they just want to kind of like pick on you like a pack of wolves, especially when you are when you have a lot of like strong personalities where they could easily start to nitpick each other, fight with each other. It's easier to have like one outlier that they could kind of like collectively outcast and like talk shit about and yeah. and hate together as a collective. And yeah. it brings a sense of like camaraderie. And I was always that girl in multiple situations. Yeah. All of this is a long-winded way to say that there is one girl in this work environment that wasn't a part of that pack mentality and she actually took time to talk to me and get to know me and we actually clicked on a very deep level at this job and i really oh. loved her i know i love caitlin oh it's caitlin shout out to caitlin virgo yeah i love her i remember one of the f most impacting conversations we had at work we were like closing the restaurant together and she was telling me about the concept of like the law of attraction and how everyone has their own frequency and whatever you emit outwardly is stuff that you attract towards you mm -hmm. and i remember that conversation really stuck with me really stuck with me and i think that was kind of like the beginning of my spiritual journey of healing and getting to know myself, stuff like that. Me and Caitlin basically quit our job at the same time, but we started to actually continue our friendship outside of the job, which is rare because it's hard for neurodivergent people to maintain friendships and continue on outside of the environment you originally met the person in. But like me and her would make an effort to text each other and hang out with each other. Granted, Maintaining friendships to me looks kind of like seeing each other once a year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we like made an effort uh -huh. to be friends. There was a certain point in our friendship where she told me, because I'm a Pisces, right? She told me that I would get along really well with her other Pisces friend, which is Kevin. And she would talk about him and, and we apparently had a lot of similarities, like we're both Pisces, we're both Taiwanese, things like that. And Kevin, for the longest time, was like this idea of a person that she would talk about. Just a figment of your imagination. Yeah, and she would always say like, you guys would click so much and whatever, but nothing ever happened to like get us to meet until one day, this is like years later or something, I was now in a different job. And one of my coworkers was having a housewarming party. It, this is like really weird because I normally don't go to these types of events because I'm very introverted and shy. And so I think during this time of my life, I was trying to just put myself in situations that I don't normally want to be put in just to see if I would like it. Long story short, I didn't like it. Was it peer pressure or you were just like soul searching? Oh, I don't get peer pressured. It was more like... It's, it's called deep social anxiety. Really though? I can't be peer pressured because I feel so uncomfortable oh. that it's just not worth it. Oh, right, like something you don't want to do that people are yeah. want making you do. And oh, okay. I have a history of being abused, so I don't right. like it when people are trying to push me to do something I don't want to right, do. Right, right. I feel like normal people would probably give in to peer pressure and it'll be fun, generally. Even if it's not their cup of tea, it's still an experience. Mm. But to me, it's like a little bit traumatic for someone yeah. to peer pressure me into yeah. something.
-hmm. But during this time in my life, I was single for a while now. And I just want, I was like in my early 20s. I'm going to put myself in situations and see if I like it. It's that simple. And so I went to a few parties, housewarming party in this case. There was all of my coworkers there. Never suspected him to be there because he is not even in that circle of people. He didn't work with us or anything. But as you guys will start to get to know, Kevin is a very random person and he has a tendency to just like pop up in environments and places that just doesn't make sense. That's what you mean, a random. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like that's an ADHD thing, though, and you could probably agree with that, right? You mean, like, like I, I just love stimulation in, like, different social circles. Like, yeah, yeah. like you're talking about, like, people who... Pre- I mean, look at his shirt. It does not one color. There's multiple colors. That's right, baby. You know I had to make this debut with Irene. You know I had to stand out, okay? You know I had to look flashy. It's beautiful. ASOS. ASOS. Continue. We were at this party, and it was generally boring because no one's really having deep conversations or anything was it what party was it i don't know i do not remember who the hell that is okay it's it's not significant you don't need to know but we met at a party we met at a housewarming party (gasps) it's starting to come back to me we did we did with with yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I was like, are you Irene? And then you were like, are you Kevin? And then we were like... Wait, I thought I went up to you and I said, you're Kevin, right? Yeah, something like that. Something. Okay, something so... Like that. Yeah. Okay, oh, let me continue. I remember now. It was kind of boring. I feel like when I come across people, everyone tends to be like a similar color. I'm a very like weirdly visual person. Like sounds have textures to me, tastes have color, things like that. People's personalities and their energy have a specific essence to it. It has a feeling and then the feeling is associated to a color. And I feel like everyone there had generally the same color. It was very monotone. But when Kevin came to the party, even though we weren't directly interacting, just me observing how he carries himself and interacts with everyone else, it was like a very encompassed energy that's very uniquely its own thing. I don't know if someone called him Kevin or something, but I knew him in his face because of my friend Caitlin talking about him all the time. And I immediately was like, oh my God, this is the guy that she was talking about and kept saying that we should meet and be friends, things like that. And so I did something that I normally don't do. I like went up to him and I was just like, are you Kevin? And he was just like, how do you know my name? I don't know who you are. Yeah, I was thrown off. I was like, yes. How do you know me? Yeah. And this is what I love about you. Oh. I feel like people are so thrown off by things that are not normal and they react in a very closed off way. But I feel like you react in a very open way to situations and people that are outside of normalities. Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do with your neurodivergency, but also because you're a very open-hearted person. Yeah, yeah. But also like... You going up to somebody at a party and asking like, hey, are you? That's not a weird thing. That's not a weird thing. Yes, but also people are a lot more charming than I am when they're approaching people. That's the thing. When I go up to a stranger and I'm like, hey, you're Kevin, right? It's not like this 
fun, warm, warm yeah, experience. Yeah. A lot of people say I'm intimidating in real life. Imagine how I look, but also my voice is a little bit monotone. I have flat affect, part of my autism. But I, I just go up to him very calm. And we're in a party situation. I'm just like, you're Kevin, right? You know? But, right, no, I, I totally get that. And like with the, I haven't done too much research on autism, so I don't want to say anything offensive. But from the things that I've heard you say in your videos and some of the little research that I've done, I completely know what you're talking about but to me it wasn't weird because i interpreted that as an opportunity to make a friend but that's what, you know what makes I'm you saying? different from other people and that's why we mm -hmm. get along is because most people like 99 percent of people do not give people mm -hmm. like me a chance yeah yeah a lot of the times people judge me and I think a lot of the times because I don't come across as a warm person, yeah, I yeah. think a lot of people get triggered by that mm -hmm. and their reaction is to immediately reject me before they feel like I can reject them. Mm -hmm. Even though my intention isn't to reject people, but yeah. I think because I come across as like a colder person, more monotone, yeah. it yeah. seems like a rejection type of dynamic absolutely and that's also like misogyny at play too because girls and women yeah. are expected to be like hi my name is irene what's your name like that mm -hmm. type of shit and like yeah. feel like it's completely unfair because i mean i totally understand being on the receiving end of that because since i am such a very like sensitive and warm and friendly person mm -hmm. if my energy isn't automatically matched I, I will feel like threatened and sometimes I'll be like, oh my God, like, am I annoying them? They, oh my God, they don't want to be my friend. But um, there's been plenty of times, plenty of times where I've been proven wrong, where in social settings and parties and stuff, like if I just keep talking to them, it's literally just because they're shy or because sometimes people don't really respond super well to like, I would I would say like very very outward open friendliness it just it just catches them off guard but mm -hmm. in your case you know I feel like people are intimidated because you have that very neutral straightforward attitude and demeanor and that's not a bad thing it's just the way you are like the way you make friends I feel like we connected really easily and I could tell that you were cool really yeah I could tell you were cool I wouldn't have talked to you if I didn't like I give everybody a chance you know what I'm saying yeah. and I feel like within the first seconds and minutes of interactions you can kind of you can kind of gauge whether or not you're gonna get along with someone and I felt like we clicked mm -hmm. I felt like there was a thing with us where we could be friends mm -hmm. yeah and here we are today Kevin saved his phone number on my phone with the Taiwanese flag. I did. And I did. we like exchanged numbers because we knew we wanted to like continue being friends and hanging out outside of that meeting and that party. And here we are today. Mm hmm. Yeah. Here we are today. That's how we met. Yeah. Did the memories come back when I was it explaining did, that? It did. It did. I don't remember putting my number in your phone, but I remember like being in that person's house. I feel like you were sitting on a bean bag. Right? Something like, like that. Yeah, like a one single chair or some shit, like with two other people. Who was my ride? I don't know. Yeah, who I was left, my ride? I left early before you were still there. Caitlin had to be my ride though, right? No, Caitlin wasn't there. That's why it's funny because we knew each other from Caitlin, but we met completely outside That's of wild. her on like our own accord. It was almost like fate in a way, if you think about it. It was fate. It was destiny, baby. Because I don't even know who you knew at that party. It was literally all my coworkers. No, I knew a handful. Um, and her roommates, maybe. I didn't know her yeah, roommates. Yeah, one girl was from high school. One girl was from college. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I was painfully not 
necessarily enjoying myself at the party. Poor thing. Me at a party is just one, overstimulated, two, constantly trying to calculate all the social interactions and what yeah. is happening and how I fit in yeah. there. Mm -hmm. And what that looks like is a lot of mathing in my head with social interactions, but then me physically just sitting on that beanbag chair and not doing anything. Mm -hmm. Can we insert the gift of that one woman like this looking around with like hella algebra and shit floating around? Or like, That's you, right? Or New York when she's just sitting on the bed with her son. Yeah, but she's just like this. And it's zooming out. <laughs> I fucking love that. Like Please. on the outside, that's yeah, what I look yeah. like. But inside, I'm like panicking and calculating. You're like doing the Doja Cat on the inside. <laughs> I don't even know how we would hang out after that. Because if we just texted each other to hang out, that's a lot of initiative for us to you, do that. Yeah, right? you know, I don't text people. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, I do if I have to, but like, I don't... I don't like texting. I, you know, I'm a caller. Like I'm a FaceTimer. Oh I'm my a caller. God. That's yeah. a whole nother thing. That's I <laughs> hate phone calls. I don't call people. I, I immediately hang up when people call me. But the one person I will pick up the phone call is Kevin. Because he broke me down over the years. Because usually... <laughs> oh my God. Usually people get the memo when oh I never God. pick up their call to just give up. But Kevin will literally like keep calling me. No, okay, no. She's making it seem like I will like within one sitting call her five times. No, no, I don't do that. I'm talking about, I do not call you one, five times. Y'all, this is crazy. She's making me look crazy on this channel. He will call me like five times. Not I'm only that, but when I don't pick up, he will screenshot the the FaceTime oh missed call God. and with he'll text it to me. No, I'll do it with be a like, funny face. I'll be like, a, no, but then, that's that's okay. That's why I ended up picking up your calls because this is the thing that I love is you confront things very straight on, but in a very funny way, which right, is how right. I like to deal with things. But the thing is, is that I'm not used to other people liking to deal with things like that okay. because people normally are very not straightforward, uh -huh. which is why I avoid them because right. I, that's not naturally the way I deal with things. But okay. when you're able to just like screenshot yourself with me not picking up and send it to me with the funny face and being like, where the fuck are you? Like, why don't you pick up? Okay. Like, okay. I this think that's funny. <laughs> And, and because I think it's funny and lighthearted, but also oh calling me out, I feel comfortable <laughs> enough to like pick up his call because there's that sense of like connection there. Y'all, y'all, you, this, she is getting it misconstrued. I do not call her five times in a row. I do not do that. I'm going to find these screenshots listen, of you. You better, no, listen, if I send you that, it's literally just from one time one time that you don't pick up within that one day like i'm not calling her like consecutive days in a row y'all i am not i do not do that i when someone doesn't pick up the phone i respect the boundaries and i'm like but i do but i know what you're saying i am very playful with that and it's not a way to be like pick up my call it's a way to just be like it's poking fun. fun it's, it's fun. throwing yeah, shade I, I do it and with i my love shades too yeah yeah i like it when someone can <laughs> call you out on your shit but in a funny playful way exactly and normal people are not like that so that's why I think me and Kevin got along. And that's why you very quickly tore down those walls that I normally have with people. Is this bad though? No, it's not bad. Okay. That's why I don't want Just you to- Just make it know. Make I don't it know want... the people. 
I don't want you to defend yourself because when I talk oh about God. this, it's a good trait. Oh, I think okay. it's a good trait. Okay, good, good. I didn't want your viewers to think that I was like harassing you and shit. No, you're not harassing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very, and I think this is a neurodivergent thing because I think it's very easy for people to see that type of behavior and be like, why is he so aggressive or something like that? Like, why is he calling me out? If I didn't pick up, I didn't pick up. But I remember when you would do that, this is like the first times you would call me and I wouldn't pick up. I would always reject it. This happened like six times where you would screenshot your face and the missed on call. separate spread out occasions. Yeah. Okay, let's be let's be clear on and that. And you would send it to me and be like throwing shade at me like where the fuck are you? Like <laughs> I I forgot what it's like to have a friend. Things like that. Did I say that? No. I don't know. Probably no. not. Okay, exactly. But exactly. Just, see, it was funny and it was throwing shade at it's me. Freestyle. And then over time, I was. Every time I would laugh and be like, oh, this is funny. He's calling me out. I am that person that's always rejecting people's call. And then over time, I felt more comfortable to start picking up on your calls. Right. And yeah. Yeah. So you just had to normalize. You, it was exposure therapy. It was exposure therapy. It's not even that. I think what it is, is I think a big reason why I have social anxiety mm -hmm. and the reason why I avoid a lot of people is because I have a very hard time like calculating what are people's needs within a friendship. Mm -hmm. And because people are so scared to be very direct with communication, yeah. what begins to happen is that over time, like someone gets mad at you multiple times, but they don't tell you. And then they oh. don't tell you like what you did wrong and how to fix it and resentment and weird ways of going about it starts to yeah, build up yeah. and then I start to sense it and then it gets really weird and also on my end if I have something that I feel like the other person bothers me with I don't feel comfortable to bring it up directly to them either because there's no direct communication being established. Uh, so it's on both ends. Like they're not happy. I'm not happy, but we can't talk about it. And then oh, over okay. time, I'm like, I just don't like this friendship. It doesn't feel good. Yeah. But when we started being friends, you were the first person to establish that very direct communication. You didn't call me out in a way where you're like, fuck you, pick up my call. Yeah. I mean, a little bit, but it's no, in no, a funny way. No, but no, that's really not it, though. It's really just being funny. Yeah. It's really just being but funny. But that's the thing. It's not me being like demanding, like, give me your time. No, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But that's what I liked because I want someone to just tell me basically what you were telling me out underneath the humor oh. was I want to call you and you keep rejecting it. Oh, but you were okay. able to do it in a direct way. But in a funny way. And so it it provided a space for me to know what you're going through and your thoughts. Okay. But in a way where we could both laugh about it. I see. And it's I know you're not taking it very personally either. Okay. That's another thing. Yeah. When when someone takes things so personally, it pressures me too much to feel like I'm responsible for so much of their emotions and their feelings. Right, right. And so I like the fact that you're able to like take that rejection from me <laughs> yeah. in a really good, well, funny way. I mean, if you're friends with Irene, you have to, okay? She, listen, listen, she will pick up when she wants to. Let it be known. <laughs> okay, that kind of is my next question. Like, what were your first impressions on me before diagnosis and also after the diagnosis? I was ready for this question. I was, like, pretending that I was on a talk show with you and uh -huh. that I was, like, answering this shit in front of a crowd, you know, holding a microphone and shit. I just felt like you were somebody with a lot more specific needs. You know what I'm saying? What like, does that mean? It means, for example, you know how, like, you, you would always tell me, like, because we got close pretty fast and she would tell me how just she's just prone to people being fucked up. A lot of, like, girls girls being hella catty just people just being mean to her you know what i'm saying just misinterpreting her really just having her fucked up and i feel like 
hearing all of that, it just made me understand what you needed as a friend. Is that not a common experience? No, I just, no, I feel like that is a common experience. I feel like outside of being neurodivergent, that's like a human thing. Like you should just understand that you need to treat people with kindness and there are certain people who need a little bit more kindness. You know what I'm saying? Because they've just been done wrong by the world. And I feel like that was my relationship with Irene where I was just like, people are so fucked up to her. Like, I just want to be friends with her. You know what I'm saying? And like, let me, you know, be kind of like maybe a different type of friend or like a different experience for her. So you wanted to like prove to me that I could have a good experience with friends? I mean, I guess so, but it sounds hella serious when you say it like that. It To me, I just wanted to be your friend and I knew that I had to be like a little bit nicer to you. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like you're nice to everyone. Well, I, at the same time, I'm still being myself around you. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? All it really was was just me understanding that she has a certain type of experience and you know, let me just be sensitive to those needs. What were like your other impressions of me when you first met me and started mm -hmm. to get to know me? I felt like you just had very specific needs. I was gonna tell you earlier when we were talking about these transparent acrylic containers, mm -hmm. how she was talking about her um, object and permanence with ADHD. And I remember before this room was an office and it was your bedroom, you were telling me that you had to have all your shit laid out. Like everything that you use, you need to see or else it'll give you anxiety. Because if you don't see it, you completely forget about you it. You remember that? I remember that because I was like, oh my God, me too. But now that- We were both not diagnosed at the time. Yeah, but now it makes sense because with ADHD, it's pretty much out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, if yeah. you don't see it, it doesn't exist. Like you completely mm -hmm. forget, forget about it. Yeah. yeah, which is why I need to declutter a lot of my shit because I'm like, why the Your fuck Your room is very still? cluttered. And, oh, it's a lot better now. It's very now. overwhelming. It's a lot better okay, now. Okay, good. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> always trying to come for me on the channel you guys all right i am a shady person right she's the, so shady but it's funny because so i don't mean to be i'm all literally this light and she's so damn shady <laughs> all this light and she is so damn shady you guys but that's why i think we get along because when i point stuff out normal people would be easily offended but you find a way to laugh about no, you it you just gotta find someone that fucks with your humor irene that's yeah. it and you found me yeah and she's found me okay keep going with what you're saying <laughs> What was I saying? You were saying I'm very particular about things. Oh yeah, she's like back to me. Well, what were you saying about me? Um, that I'm was just it. trying to keep us on track. <laughs> I'm the trauma. I'm the trauma. <laughs> Honestly, that's pretty much that's pretty much it. I just I felt like we were both. This is gonna sound like such a forward thing. We're both. I knew we were both different, you know, and like misunderstood <laughs> by society. So I just felt like you were my friend, you know. I, I must like... say though, you're different in a different way, even though that sounds so stupid. You're different in a way where you are so warm and open that people gravitate towards you because they want to experience you. But I'm different in a more intimidating way where people see it and they're scared to understand yeah, it. Yeah. And so they like have an opposite effect of like either wanting to get away from me or the wanting to just, I feel like a lot of the times when I talk about social interactions, it sounds like animal kingdom shit. And I know it's what? not that serious. Cause I was about to say like people either want to get away from me or establish dominance over me. Oh. Like a hierarchy. That's very scary when you say it like that. But that's how I perceive a that's lot of sad. social interactions. Yeah. Do you like when you say dominate what do you mean like take control like talk down on you can you give a specific example okay so i want to clarify to you guys when kevin says i've had a lot of effed up experiences socially it's only with 
groups of women because I can get along really well on an individualistic level yeah. with a lot of different types of people. Yeah. Men, women, straight, gay, bi, whatever. But when there's specifically groups of girls, that is always a point of contention with me. And it's not because I want to, but it just like naturally plays out. And I feel like every time I, I think about this and try to understand why it happens, I feel like what it is is... I noticed that when I am in a new situation where the group of girls don't necessarily know me yet, they come to me in a very open-armed way. And it's almost like they want me to be a part of their group. Mm -hmm. But very quickly among interacting with me, they realize that- You didn't make the cut. Yeah, because I remember at my last job, when I first got hired, I was sitting outside the coffee shop, just relaxing and stimming with the sunshine on my skin, stuff like that. And these groups of girls, like the main clique of the coffee shop, yeah. they all like started swarming me and they're like, oh my God, you're the new hire. And they're all oh like so excited for me to be there. And they're like, oh my God, I'm this, I'm that, introducing themselves. And I just sat there very in shock, not knowing what was happening and kind of like calculating. Oh, poor thing. Because I just wasn't expecting that mm. interaction and I just didn't know how to respond. I think that is what triggers people like them. Yeah, because yeah. they probably expect me to react very yeah, openly and warm as they, well. Yeah, yeah. And so when I'm just sitting there like staring at them, it comes across as I, like I imagine they, as me being judgmental. Yeah, yeah, they think you're a bitch. They're like yeah. they're probably thinking like this girl is like, why the fuck are you guys talking to me? Y'all are hella weird. I didn't ask for this. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. normally I guess that's what someone would be thinking mm -hmm. with that reaction. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know I was autistic at the time. In right, the reality yeah. I was just like very not ready for that interaction yeah, yeah. i was still calculating in my head there's six people coming at me they're all yeah. like what are their personality types like yeah. like what am i supposed to do to mirror back usually someone could just naturally respond but in my head in order to like go through those calculations it probably needed to take me like 20 minutes to like yeah. calculate that shit yeah and like fully assess and evaluate all yeah. these personalities and the way you're supposed to talk to them and mask and mirror like and fit in socially yeah. and everything so it was just basically like a whole lot of overstimulation mm -hmm. and it was very overwhelming for mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. yeah like when you say that like it just it makes so much sense and it's just sad because it's like <laughs> if we were more educated about things like this that's why this channel is so important and it's so important that you're doing this because people who belong to these communities need to feel like they belong and they need to know that there's absolutely nothing wrong with them this push of education and greater consciousness is going to educate people who don't belong to these communities so that they know that when someone reacts a certain way shouldn't be interpreted as a threat mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they felt threatened you think so they felt threatened hell yeah they didn't like they didn't like that response yeah because i would always think about this would always be very confusing to me because i would never outwardly do anything malicious but then i found myself in situations where after that interaction little things started to happen things like them not talking to me anymore mm -hmm. things like i would hear from another person that they're talking negatively about me judging me things like they would hang out and and invite everyone except me or if I had a shift with them they would purposefully only talk to each other and then assign me to be in the back washing dishes by myself yeah things like that did it hurt your feelings yeah just because people are autistic yeah. it doesn't mean that Definitely. we're completely unaware of things like that yeah. like I knew I was being alienated I mm. knew that that was a little bit like bullying yeah. type of behavior. no that was straight up bullying because I felt like correct me if this is wrong but they went out of their way to like make it known 
kind of subliminally that they don't fuck with you. I don't think it was so malicious. I think it was it just- was like petty and catty, right? That's the weird thing. Like, I don't think it was malicious. I think it was just, but that's the thing when you're in a group like that, you do things mm. that are kind of mean, but it doesn't seem like it when everyone else is so openly feeding into it. Yeah, in the same ways. because it's just like normal. Like, oh yeah, well- we So I imagine to them, it was just a conversation, yeah. but or like just hanging out during our shift and then Irene could be in the back washing dishes. Yeah. I don't think they were like planning it out to be like, we're gonna right, alienate right. her and talk shit about yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's a very logical way of looking at it. I'm very proud of it. It's a good way to see it. That's part of my trauma yeah. is injecting logic she's, into emotional situations. She's just got so much trauma, you guys. It just it never stops. When I say establishing dominance, it's like a thing where the numbers of people is gonna have a higher chance of like surviving, basically. Yeah, they ganged up on you. Okay, this is why I say that because I feel like if I had like a group as well, Mm -hmm. And I was a little bit more socially smart and I knew how to like charm people and have uh, like numbers in my group. They wouldn't be so like outwardly, you know, expressive of their dislike for me because they want to be a little bit more smart about it as well. Because yeah. if I had more people, it would be more of a threat. But since I'm, I'm very much so like an individual and I only like to hang out with people individually. So my group looks like two people. That's it. Yeah, you're an easy target. Yeah, it's easier for them to target me and establish yeah. like a dominance over yeah, me type of a yeah, thing. Yeah, I feel that. And I feel like that's such an animal kingdom way to talk about socializing. It is, but at the same time, it's because we are animals. We are gregarious and social creatures. It's crazy that we hang out in cliques and stuff. Cliques are a huge thing in human culture and society. It's crazy how people are just mean to each other. I honestly empathize and sympathize with people like you because you expressed to me a lot of the times how you haven't met a group of people who are like so kind mm -hmm. to each other mm -hmm. and who really value like human kindness like basic human kindness and decency and tenderness you haven't really been exposed to and I just it just breaks my heart because I feel like everybody needs that everybody needs a safe space where they're not going to be judged where people are actually sweet and kind and it's not fake and it's real and they acknowledge you and they make you feel seen and loved and heard like all of that is so important in any human relationship and do you think culture and class has anything to do with that sense of openness and love i think it absolutely does but i also think that there's also so many factors into it that's a very heavily nuanced and very convoluted topic that we cannot just reduce it down to class and culture i mm -hmm. think they have there are huge pieces of the puzzle but i don't think that it's just those two it's hella other things yeah hella other things yeah yeah that's just my my autistic brain trying to make sense of things. Yeah, that yeah. But, sometimes like yeah. social situations don't really have logic. They don't, they don't, they literally don't. I love that you said that because social situations sometimes really do not have logic. But they I really feel like don't. that's a part of the autism is like you're constantly trying to interpret social interactions. And when we explain how we logisticize and understand social situations, it could sound like it's a math equation when in reality it's not that robotic you know yeah like you get a little too 
But there's like no other way for me to like understand and interpret. Yeah, because you have to break it down because you just don't get it. Yeah. So you like have this is your way of like making sense of the world. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I get it. Unless I'm interacting with neurodivergent people, I notice when I interact with neurodivergent people, it it makes more sense to me because it's just like natural. Uh huh. Because they're not necessarily in cahoots and in tune with like normal neurotypical people like and that and that culture so there that is world. no math equation it's just their their own person i don't get it you don't really what are you trying to say <laughs> do you, you really not what are you trying to say no i don't get it okay let me try to think of a metaphor i kind of got it but then i kind of did it okay like neurotypical people interacting together to me feels like a math equation that i have to solve uh-huh and interacting with neurodivergent people to me feels like you're cooking and you're an ingredient, they're an ingredient, and you just come together and make food. What a beautiful analogy. I love that. That's so sweet. <laughs> like, I don't have to get caught up in interpreting mm-hmm. a neurodivergent person. It's mm-hmm. just you can enjoy them. I love that you compared us to food and regular people to math. I love that because it makes us feel so special and so much more fun. For the most part, I don't enjoy interactions with neurotypical people. (laughs) Oh my God. That wasn't supposed to be funny. No, that was funny as hell. I'm so sorry. She said, I don't like you bitches. She said, you bitches are not my cup of tea. Because I feel like I don't get an essence of them. It's just a math equation and I'm just sitting mm. here solving that math You're equation. not able to like really get something from them. I yeah. feel like you can relate to this because you always talk about you love meeting people because you could just yeah. figure out like what type of person they are, what right. their passion is, stuff like that. I actually find that to be quite the opposite. I feel like there's always something to learn about people. But what if everyone you're talking about are primarily neurodivergent people? Most of them aren't. So while I have met a lot of people with ADHD and I love them too, they're like creative and cool and interesting and they're always artists and it's just, oh my God, it makes me so happy. Side note, like I love the fact that we're like the unknown, undiscovered cool kids who are just like very artistic and shit. I love that for us. I've actually found a lot of neurotypical people to be amazing friends and to be very interesting people. Okay, I think that's the difference between us is I feel like you are really good at drawing people out of that neurotypical math equation Mm -hmm. and into their authentic self. Mm -hmm. And that's part of your warm demeanor Mm -hmm. and your warm personality. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like you can do it one-on-one too. I could do it, but in a different way. My way of drawing someone's authenticity out is asking them about their trauma. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's also why a lot of neurotypical people don't like me is because they have to confront a lot of things that are not fun. And it's things that would make you cry. You know why too? Because I feel like as you were explaining earlier, it's like there's no there's no medium. I feel like there's no lubricant. Irene just sticks it in. You yeah, know what I'm I kind of do like, that. There, there's That's no why I'm sliding. a coach. There's no sliding. You know, there's no slit. There's no slit. I'm just like, what's your childhood fluid. trauma? You know what I'm saying? It's just like <laughs> right there. That microphone is gonna be so oh, fucked. Oh, I'm so sorry. Let's cut that out. I'm sorry. My ears did not like that, you guys. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I forgot. I forgot. We all have sensory issues. And so the way that you approach um, extracting the authenticity may come off as a bit harsh or sudden, or it may not be the most 
easy for somebody to, you know, interpret or or process? I would say that I, I like provide a space for someone to talk about mm -hmm. the things that they think about at night before they're sleeping oh, and they're scared to think about. Yeah. And a lot of the times people either respond really well to it where they're like, I finally have a safe space to talk about it yeah, or yeah. they feel an aversion to me because they're like, I feel sad when I'm around Irene or dark because it's yeah. like they have to talk about dark things and they don't necessarily yeah. want to. I'm not a fun person is what I'm saying. <laughs> like I'm not necessarily a person you hang out with to have fun. I'm the type of friend you hang out with when you really need to get something off your chest and process some shit. And that boys and girls and non-binary kids is a Pisces. Cause I remember I had this one coworker who like never talked about his shit. And just, we had a shift together one time. We we're working right next to each other where I was like, how are you doing? <laughs> Literally, genuinely asking. And I think he felt that energy. And then he was like, you know what? I have really bad anxiety. And I was like, oh, what does that mean? And he was like, sometimes I think about like if I served a customer and they didn't like me, I get scared that they're gonna come and like shoot me. And I was That's like, so sad. I was just like, oh, I was like, why do you think you have that? And he starts going into like detail about like, I just have like depression, stuff like that. Aww. And I felt like after the fact, I got this like feeling that he probably doesn't talk about that often. Yeah. And that yeah. was just like five minutes of just being next to me mm -hmm. during work. Wow. You're a gift. You're a gift to the world. Is that shade? <laughs> no. <laughs> I feel like a lot of the times you could come across as very condescending. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll fuck with you. I'll fuck with you. Yeah. Earlier I showed him my like drawers and he's like, oh, this is so nice. No, I literally said, wow. But I was being real. Sometimes even my friends can't tell between, they can't distinct between sarcasm and when I'm being real because I just joke around with Lucky for you, I think it's funny too. Yeah, exactly. That's why we're doing it. But honestly though, like on some real shit, I'm glad that you are able to provide that for people, you know, because like, having anxiety that's that intense where you just fear somebody shooting you because they don't like the coffee that you made for them like that's real you know and like people really do have crippling anxiety yeah i could easily understand how like from his perspective after the fact that was a very intense thing to share and to like relive so if i was in his shoes i probably wouldn't want to hang around me a lot either because it's yeah. it's a lot and it's very intense to be around someone's mm -hmm. all the time where you tend to just only talk about shit yeah, that is very yeah. heavy because it, it's like oh that's my friend where we have like really deep talks it can be just mentally draining just yeah. thinking about it emotionally it, draining and too very overwhelming it's like oh my god we talked about so much yeah and that took a lot out of me i understand it now but for the longest time i always see people having fun with each other and i would never be invited to these spaces and i always think to myself why don't people want to have fun with me all that stuff and i realize it's because i don't create that space for them <laughs> No, it's because people want to take shots and Irene wants to talk about trauma. That's why. <laughs> I want to take shots at their childhood trauma. <laughs> ah, but <I'm... laughs> No, I mean, I think it's also just the fact that like, you know, you're more unique. Like people just aren't used to the way that you move through social situations and the way that you interact, you know? So that's why it can be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I wish I had more of your skill set. I mean, you could literally see what we're talking about in our clothes. Like his is very flowy and colorful and mine is just very... A little perspiring.
Oh, are you? The perspiration, yeah. Yeah. That's the Taiwanese in us. We're like oily. Because we're from an island, right? We are. So we sweat more. We do. We're greasy. 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 Yeah, that's a good word. Very overactive with the sebaceous glands. But anyway, why do you say that? Like, why do you wish that you had like my whatever? Because when I see people like you, like I've seen other people that have that same... Not aura. It's like a it's like a superpower. I see it as a superpower. I feel like when I see you interact with people, especially like strangers, when you meet a stranger, there's gonna be a little bit of like a, a wall up because mm -hmm. you're not familiar with the person. And so like usually when strangers meet and talk, they have like a very basic conversation, like, oh, uh, what job do you work? What do you do? Where do you live? How do you like living there? How mm -hmm. have you been enjoying the weather? Have you been traveling anywhere? It's like a very basic like, like all the formalities like all yeah. that adult boring and there's like a sense shit. of masking There is like a wall neurotypical people can mask as well But when I see Kevin introduce himself into a to a stranger I see the energy exchange where he comes into their force field <laughs> and like all of his colorful energy just starts to seep out from from him into their force field and it like goes into their pores <laughs> <laughs> and then it draws their like inner child out like their unique sense of self Aww. out and then that person kind of perks up and they start to talk about things that isn't of normal scripts and can be very authentic to themselves mm -hmm. or at mm -hmm. least like authentic to you. I think that's also a superpower. Like you could talk about things that you're completely interested in. And even if the other person's not interested in it, you're so charismatic that they're wanting to have that conversation with you. And I feel like that is like a very influential charismatic superpower because your presence is very felt but in a way where it is not a selfish presence because it draws an aspect of the other person out that they want to express as well but don't necessarily have the space to yeah. express it yeah i know what you're saying yeah yeah thank you that was very sweet and i feel like you draw aspects of people out that they want to feel because it's an enjoyable uh, feeling uh, and it's not about their trauma yeah uh, i mean like i can i <laughs> I can also get deep about trauma with oh, strangers yeah, too. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, but um, yeah, I just, I love talking to people. And I think that, I don't know, I feel like the world is filled with friends waiting to be made. Mm. That's how I feel. Like I'm constantly looking for new people to love. Yeah. and be friends with yeah and yeah i feel like you're like little mermaid but instead of collecting trinkets you trink trink trinkets trinkets i'm collecting an army of bad bitches you're collecting people like you want to collect people's I stories I, and their, yes. it sounds almost like yes. evil like you're collecting yes. their souls their souls i was just gonna say yes the more <laughs> souls i have the more powerful i become yes yes no but uh, <laughs> I do a really good British accent, by the way. One of my biggest that specialties. That is so random. Okay, I have another question. And this is how we could kind of wrap up today's episode. Over already? We were having so much fun. Well, I can only edit so much before right. I start getting tired. Right, my bad, girl. Continue. From your knowledge, do you have any other autistic friends other than me? No. I actually, I don't think so. I think you're like the first autistic friend that I've had. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With that being said, what is your experience of having an autistic friend? What is that experience like and how is it different from your other friendships? I think it's like super different in the sense that, um, I don't know if this is also just because you're introverted, 
Um, but like you're very introverted. You're, you're like it might like yeah. on a scale of one to ten. Girl, you like ten thousand. You're like more introverted than Jaina. Okay, and that's saying some shit. Jaina, like after we hang out with her for three days, she goes back to her cave and we don't see her for like a month. I always joke for two months. Every time like we're done, we say bye. I'm like bye, girl. See you next month. It's like always <laughs> a good joke. But, but with me, yeah, with you, it's more like see you next year, see you next season. You know what I'm saying? I might not have this long hair anymore. My hair may return to you black. You might have kids. I might have children. I'm, I may... You get, may live in another state. I may live in another state. I might... Like, who knows? Maybe I might have another diagnosis. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> By the next time we see each other. You but, might be medicated, finally. <laughs> I am, though. I am, though. <laughs> no, no. Anyway. Um... Real talk, I love Irene, and I just feel like with Irene, you need to understand her boundaries, and that's Do what I it, have really intense boundaries I compared like, to normal people? I mean, not like intense boundaries. I don't, I wouldn't say it's intense. I would just say it's very, very strong. Like... What does that mean? That though? means that, like, you need your space, and that's okay because Jaina needs her space. So Jaina is one of my heavily introverted friends who is... Very neurotypical. I love her, by the way. I have, she like, a does. friend crush on her. She does. No, I, I can see why. Jaina's a very... She's, like, a... Stoic, calm, strong, statuesque, gentle. She reminds me of that tree in Pocahontas that's, like, very... Mother Willow. Old, like, the leaves, how it flows and everything. Right. Very stoic. Yeah, yeah. And beautiful. Love, yeah, she's a Virgo. She has, like... Isn't Jaina so fucking beautiful? You can really be comfortable with who you are and in your solitude. Like she represents, I feel like stoicism, but in a gentle way. But going back to you, like you being my friend, I think that your boundaries just come from the fact that you need your space. You really need your space and that's okay. And you, and you know, like you're not always gonna pick up the phone and that's fine too, you know what I'm saying? Did you have a hard time not taking offense to it or taking it personally in the beginning? No, not with you at all. Not with you and at all. And why is that? I feel like- Because you would probably feel some type of way with other people, right? With, with other people, yes, because, but that's also like me just being, I feel like a needy person. Like I'm the type of person where I want to be around people 24 seven. Mm -hmm. Like I like I would love nothing more than going on a little tangent really quick, a little bit more about me. I would love to just wake up every day and just wake up early and like go meet up with friends, eat, shop, like go on adventures and like explore the world and cities and mm -hmm. like spend money and look good doing it. And with you, you know what I'm saying? I feel like I just understand that, maybe it's just I understood that you were like different or that you were more of a, quiet secluded more introspective soul and is that, that just from talking to me once or did caitlin also say like irene doesn't really like to hang out with no me that was that was with you i feel like i oh. could just tell i okay. guess it's because i'm an empath <laughs> i could just tell you know yeah. i think it was just my intuition oh yeah yeah thinking yeah you're a dreamer you dream a lot and you're no sleep. not really I'm not. yes you do no I yes don't. very intuitive yeah we have that you know what I'm saying? you must be a pisces i am how did you know <laughs> but yeah i think having irene as a friend has been a unique experience but it's also been like the same experience as any other friend you know is there a difference between our hangouts compared to like hangouts with your friends like this is when we do come together and spend time mm -hmm. i think with you it's a lot more introspective it's a little bit more deep there's a lot more like emotional aspects in there like we talk about deep things heavy things like it's always like philosophical with like some light-hearted jokes about who we are as people you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. it's 
that's like the normal part of it too. Just like, or not, neuro, excuse me, not normal, the neurotypical aspect of it where it's just like, we're just hanging out, chilling, cracking jokes, you know, laughing with each other. But there's an aspect where it's, where I feel like Irene and I are a little less on the go. You know what I'm saying? Like, wait, Irene is that- Let's wait for this thing to pass. Yeah. It literally, I've never heard that sound around here before. I think it's an airplane. Did you hear me match it? Yeah. You you really are a YouTuber now. Because you have to stop and be like, you guys, I'm so sorry for that plane. It's fucking loud outside. <laughs> sorry for the plane noises, you guys. Oh my God, we live in such a noisy area. Um, city girl. <laughs> city girl. <laughs> Wait, what were we talking about? What we're is it like about. when we do hang out together? Yeah, How's that different? It's a lot less on the go. It's more like sitting down, chilling, like talking. So would you like, say it's more gentle on your sensory? It's a more gentle mm, sensory experience. It is. It's a lot more gentle. And sometimes I feel like, I feel like even with me as somebody who is extremely like extroverted, very verbal, loves to talk. Oh yeah. They're like, we just talk about so many deep things sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I feel like, you know, with Irene, it's just so easy to just naturally pour out and to naturally just like talk about, you know, things. Should that... I be a coach or something? I think you should. Oh my God. And you should call it self embark. Oh, that's... okay. Well, it was a neon light that says self embark. It's like right over here. But you guys have seen her channel. You know what it says. Yeah. There are times when, you know, you naturally open up about very heavy things. It can just you leave a little bit emotionally and mentally exhausted. Do you feel like that after a hangout? Some, no, not because not because you, but because of the stuff that I choose to open up to you about. Mm -hmm. It's with anybody. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. But okay. I, but that's a common theme within our friendships and what it's like to be your friend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you were to give advice to neurotypical people or people that are holistic, which means they don't have autism, yeah, yeah, because you don't have autism, right? So mm -hmm. if you were to give advice to other people without autism as to like how they could make being friends with an autistic a little bit more autism friendly, but also advice as to like how to interact and talk to an autistic person mm -hmm. and be a little bit more nice and inclusive mm -hmm. and things like that. What advice would that be? Okay, well, first of all, let me just say I'm not an expert, but I do have Just from your own yeah. experience being a really good people person. Oh, thank you. I do have ADHD. And from being too. Pisces. Yes, and I do have ADHD. I want to make that yeah. known. You are neurodivergent. Um, yes, yes. Severe, inattentive ADHD. But um, going back to what you asked, I think like you just, you really need to just be kind and understanding. Do not be so quick to judge. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't be so quick to label somebody as weird. You know what I'm saying? Understand that different people have different ways of interacting socially and people have different personalities, right? One of the key ways that I feel like you get to know people is you have to ask them questions, obviously. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh my God, I love what you're wearing. Where did you get that from? Or, oh my God, I love shopping. Or like, oh my God, did you see this video? Did you see that one TikTok? You know, just talk about things that you kind of like and ask them about their interests. Mm -hmm. But I also know that people with autism or people on the spectrum have a very, very um, 
unique interest that they can like go special on. interest yeah that's what it's called they have a special interest i just learned this last night i was watching a video like ask them about it you know what i'm saying and then kind of find a little bit of common ground and ask them questions about like you know why do you like it so much or oh my god like how did you learn about it you know just approach the conversation with an open heart and a genuine desire to get to know people for who they are find the ways in which their brain ticks and their way their mind works you know like who they are as people i feel like human beings are just undiscovered friends there is something to like about i mean not everybody you know what i'm saying not everybody's likable but there's something that you can like in someone and find endearing about everyone you know what i'm saying just find it you know i think that a lot of people just sort of lack the ability or the desire to want to get to know people further and to just try that's my next question is yeah. like yeah that sounds amazing mm -hmm. but the reality is a lot of people are not like that and yeah. so that leads to mm -hmm. the question of if you could give advice to people as to like how can you have an open heart when it comes mm -hmm. to like being open to other people and getting to know them like what advice would that be i to be honest with you i don't think that's something that can be learned. taught yeah. or learned right off the bat uh -huh. i feel like that's something that you're born with right i think that what it is is understanding that everyone is different and there's a friend in everyone and i understand that that advice may not sound the most logical or it may not be the most helpful but coming from me in my heart that's the way I see it. And that's really like the best advice I can give is just understanding that you shouldn't be so quick to dismiss people or judge them when they don't automatically react in a certain way or interact with you in a certain way that is within your comfort zone or your definition of normal. There's something to be explored and to be learned about every single person. You just have to find out what it is. And while that can't automatically be taught i do believe that it can be sharpened and developed over time yeah like style i kind of feel like style can't be learned because that's an intuition and that's an art too it is, it is baby listen listen you cannot buy style in a store okay it you one must possess it one must possess it but you can develop it over time right mm -hmm. like for example i wasn't always just like this like when i turned 18 you know i started developing and experimenting over time and like it's solidified and I feel like if you have a genuine desire to want to be better for me it comes from a desire of actually loving humans and wanting to be friends with people and so I just encourage everybody even because even neurotypical people there's a lot of like neurotypical people who don't have a desire to make friends and don't love people the same way that I do you know what I'm saying so I think that it comes from just a desire to want to get to know people and to learn how to be friends with them. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Do you hear the crunch? You hear the yeah, ASMR? Yeah, I, I was like, that is very crunchy. Yeah, yeah, bedhead hairspray. That's that's all it is. I feel like that was good advice. And I, when you were saying all of that, I just was reflecting on like why I appreciate our friendship and, and why I get along with you so well. And it's because of that openness. Mm -hmm. I feel like my experience with other people, especially friends, primarily throughout my life is I'm holding space for them. I'm yeah. the one asking them. Mm -hmm. I'm the one showing up for them. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of like sad to talk about, but when you say things like, oh, ask them questions, get to know them, that makes me realize like a lot of the people I was friends with throughout my life 
don't ask me questions. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember like many people who ask me about what my interests are, just questions about me in general. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's part of like becoming so independent as an autistic person mm -hmm. and ending up being able to function without many friendships or relationships or connections mm -hmm. because you learn to just function on your own and just validate yourself because naturally like when no one else is curious about you or asking mm -hmm. you questions, mm -hmm. you develop that specific wall, would you say? I see it as like a power source. Like most people need to be plugged into others and have others plug into them. But for me, I had to learn to plug into myself a lot of the yeah. times. And so yeah. I remember when we met and started becoming friends, I could probably only think of three to five people in my life that mm -hmm. genuinely were curious about me and asked yeah. me questions. And you're like one of those people. Yeah. And I know that's just like a you thing because I've seen you interact with complete strangers when we're in a coffee shop and he will literally just like walk up to some random person sitting by themselves on their laptop and he will talk to them for like 30 minutes. I love talking to strangers. And then I'm just off on the side like we were supposed to film a podcast <laughs> and now we're sidetracked. <laughs> Once again, <laughs> I'm the problem. But, but yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I also do want to say that if it helps, a general thing is that all humans, whether they know it or acknowledge it, are completely self-centered. Oh. Yeah, humans are self-centered. Okay, this is like, his Capricorn moon no, coming out. No, to varying degrees though. Obviously, there's people who are a lot more giving, a lot more generous and considerate and thoughtful, all that stuff. Like The thing is, is all human beings are self-centered. Everybody's favorite subject is themselves, which is why everybody has like an interest or a hobby or that thing that they can talk about for so long you know what i'm saying where like when you get them going about it it's like they won't stop like they're so passionate in it right everybody has that interest like neurotypical neurodivergent aside ask them and find out what it is but also the key indicator that um dr romany i love me some dr romany the narcissist psychologist she was saying that one of the tricks that she likes to implement to find out whether or not somebody is narcissistic is by, you know, like they've done their whole show where it's like, look at me, look at me, I'm so great, all of mm -hmm. this. Talk a little bit about yourself and be like, oh my God, yeah, like I love that too. Oh my God, you're into fashion, I love fashion too. Like my favorite thrift store is like around the corner, like some shit like that, right? And narcissism or not, conversations and friendships developing are all about an energy exchange and an equal exchange, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, sometimes somebody may take up more, somebody takes up less, but it's an, it's an exchange and it's a switch and it's just like an energy with one another. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's something as well that I felt like I started to strengthen like a muscle more and more in mm -hmm. my friendships as I started to realize a lot of my friendships were like very draining. And, it, and I started to test some of those friendships, like you said. I would start to mm -hmm. say something about myself, even if they didn't ask. And I noticed they don't want to have that conversation. Yeah, like they don't care. Yeah. They, they don't care unless it's, if it's not about them, they're like, why? We're not benefiting them in some yeah. sort of way. And that can be heartbreaking too, because you realize like, damn, you literally are just, you're just like, I, I think I heard somebody say before, like, you're just an energy vampire. Like, you're just sucking my energy. Like, you only want me because you need somebody to constantly listen to you and be there for mm -hmm. you like you really don't give a shit about me mm -hmm. but they may not even realize it because you're with them and they think like oh i'm benefiting like what are you talking about we're friends like yeah we hang out all the time when really human relationships are more complex than that mm -hmm. and yes it is always that deep. <laughs> <laughs>
Mm -hmm. And if I could give any advice to my autistic viewers when it comes to friendships and also having an open heart, I feel like sometimes a lot of us can feel jaded as well. Being open to like meeting people and, and making friends because a lot of the times we don't have good experiences. And it, it has to do with a lot of like what you just talked about, like people genuinely not caring to ask you about yourself, not giving you space to even like show up as yourself. I know a lot of my clients struggle with this as well, my autistic clients. they We find ourselves in a lot of friendships where we feel extremely unfulfilled, drained, almost like questioning, should we even keep this friend around? It's, is it even worth it? Because I'm not gaining anything from it. And it's because we have such unbalanced dynamics because a lot of the times we're constantly trying to like interpret other people that it's less like I'm going to show up for you in the way I want to show up for you. And, and it's more like, oh, I'm trying to figure out what you are and, and what you need. And naturally I can just give you what you need more often. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the times that creates an imbalanced dynamic. I feel like from my experience, a lot of the times my friendships play out in a way where I hit a point where I'm completely burnt out and I can't be friends with the person anymore and I need to like cut them off. But from their perspective, they're like blindsided because they're like, this friendship was going really well. I love our friendship. I get a lot from it. I don't know why you don't want to be friends anymore. And I'm like, yeah, because you're the only one benefiting from it. And like, do you actually know anything about me? Can you tell me like any genuine facts about me, what I like in my life? Because most of the things that goes on during our hangouts is talking about you, your life, you venting, me giving you advice, me listening to you, and that's it. And then them not even listening to the goddamn advice, huh? Oh yeah, (laughs) there's that too. Honestly, it's just very draining to be around people who lack self-awareness. You know what I'm saying? I think that's also a byproduct of being very self-centered to the point where like you're not even being considerate of somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. But my advice is to just not be so jaded and be open. And every now and then you'll meet people like Kevin. When that happens, don't be afraid to keep fostering that friendship. I know it's probably not something you're used to, but like, text them ask them to hang out planting that seed and watering it is not as weird as you may think it is i know sometimes it's like Mm -hmm. it feels unnatural especially like for me to like text someone and be like hey what are you doing do you want to hang out you're getting you're good at it though am i you are you're like let's hang out like are we still going out i fucking forgot that we're gonna be hanging out tomorrow but she was like yeah we're gonna hang out and do this and this and i was like okay yeah and i'm sure this is something that even neurotypical people have to learn as well but like when you really get along with someone don't be afraid to actually like foster that friendship and also don't be afraid to actually like step into that space as yourself don't constantly show up for the other person yes it's good to show up for them but also your needs are important as well your boundaries are important as well and like it's okay to say no it's okay to say like i don't want to do this i'm not comfortable with it and there are people out there who are willing to connect with you and and show up in the ways that you need them to as well just remember to be gentle when you say that you're not you don't want to do something you know what i'm saying gentle what does gentle mean just be like um instead of saying like i don't want to do that maybe just say like oh you know what i'm not really feeling that 
Yeah. Yeah, let's like maybe let's reschedule, do something another time. I'm kind of just want to keep to myself for a little bit right now. I hope you understand. Mm-hmm. You know, just being gentle, you know, just being like saying it in a kinder, softer way. Am I am I pretty gentle when I talk? Yeah. Like straightforward? Yeah, you are. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's also maybe a form of masking I have to do. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Mm-hmm. Along with the advice that Irene has given, I think that I know that it seems scary, but understand that there is a friend for you out there, you know, and there are people who want to get to know you and who will love you and accept you for who you are. There's ways to insert yourself in environments that have more people that you would tend to get along with. Mm -hmm. There is a little bit of a math equation there. It's not just so random as like throwing yourself out into the ocean, you know, (laughs) from my personal experience as well. When I have like one specific friend I really vibe with, for example, Caitlin, when I started to get introduced to her other friends, Kevin's not the only friend I met through Caitlin. I've met her other friends and I vibed with them really well. And it's that idea of law of attraction as well. If you're naturally energetically aligned with someone, then you're most likely gonna be energetically aligned with other people they're aligned with. Especially if they're very in tune with themselves. This probably won't apply to people who ignore their own intuition stuff and are surrounded by a bunch of people they don't like Mm -hmm. but a lot of my friends that i made the past few years are literally people of kevin's friend group you look like a little kid because you're so short pet my head let's wrap (laughs) this up thank you kevin for being on today's episode thank you for having me and i'm excited for my viewers to meet you please be nice i'm sensitive he's a pisces you guys if you haven't already noticed i'm soft and gentle like these pastel colors okay please (laughs) my viewers are very nice people i i was telling kevin before filming that (laughs) i have a small channel but it's always the same people who are consistently commenting on my videos and so i feel like this would be so interesting for you guys to start to be introduced to people in my personal life and see my dynamic with them Mm -hmm. and so i hope that this episode today was interesting for you guys and entertaining for you guys to watch Mm -hmm. Maybe you guys learned something a little bit different about me. Maybe you guys had fun learning about Kevin and experiencing his energy on today's episode. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was overstimulating. Who knows? It could have been. Uh, it could have been both. But sometimes we need to be overstimulated. Oh my god, I like that. Oh yes, we do. Such an intellect. Oh my <laughs> I'm goodness. Such a Pisces. You are. Oh my god, are you an imp? <laughs> crazy. Thank you guys for tuning in on today's episode. It's a little bit longer than normal, but we tend to blab or you tend to blab and you do I have too. to stop the- you do too. Oh, but I'm going to try to edit this down as much as possible today's episode is a little bit longer but I hope it was at least enjoyable for you guys thank you guys for tuning into the thought spot make sure you hit that like button and you hit that subscribe button and make sure to hit that bell notification button so you never miss when Irene has a new upload with that being said have an amazing day bye see you guys on next week's episode bye guys